Before you were ever conceived, God saw you. And in your book, they all were written. The days fashioned me when I was yet there, where none, or as when as yet there were none of them. That three passages from the living translation of the Bible goes like this. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It is amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. You were there while I was being formed in, the, uh, in utter seclusion. You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. Shall we bow our heads together in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day you have given us. I thank you for your presence that permeates this house this morning. I'm thankful for each one that has come out this morning to be a part of this celebration as we lift up your name in song and in praise and we celebrate your grace which has been granted to us. As we come to this portion of the service this morning in the ministry of your word, I simply ask today, O Lord, that you will use this vessel as I become transparent before you and become your mouthpiece and your instrument for the ministry of your word, I would also ask that you anoint each one today to receive, to hear, and embrace your word, and we'll give you the praise and the thanks for it. It is in the name of Jesus that we do ask it. And everyone said amen. I'd like for you to look at your neighbor and look at them very earnestly and passionately and say, I'm here by design, by divine design. I am here by divine design. And you may be seated. Before I get into the word of the Lord, I will tell you I posted on the bulletin board there in the foyer uh, this morning uh, email that I received from Becky and James Morris who are vacationing out west. And uh, just a note to let High Point Church family know they're, how they're doing. If you like to read it this morning before you leave the building, it is posted back there on the bulletin board and uh, you, you'll get thrilled. They're having a wonderful time. Things are going well. God is blessing their vacation time. You see, there is something very refreshing when we encounter individuals who are living with purpose. I don't know whether you've noticed it or not, but I, I have noticed that they are very passionate with their cause and with their purpose. They live with that passion and they, they operate and they, they're motivated by that passion that they have for whatever purpose they feel that they were, they were placed here on this earth for. They were just excited about living and being a part of something that they realize is, is something that they're very passionate about and something that they embrace as their purpose. It is important to understand that no event in human history, regardless of how large or how small, is not an accident as it relates to God. He is not surprised or caught off guard by the events of the world and the events of life and the things that transpire throughout the world. He's not shocked by them, nor is he surprised in any way, shape, or form. And I would go even a little bit farther and tell you that the event of your conception and birth was not an accident. It has been by divine design. Now perhaps you have days and you have moments and you may be sitting here right now 
wondering, what am I here for? What's my purpose? What am I doing? What is life all about? But I'm here to tell you, you are here by divine design. Amen. Contrary to what you may have heard or perhaps what someone may have told you at some point in your life, I am here to tell you that you are not here by chance. You're not living, breathing human being today by chance. Nor are you here as a part of this worship service by chance. God does not operate in the premise and in the, in the, in the backdrop of happenstance. Things just don't happen because there was nothing else to happen. Amen? And in a society that has the propensity to embrace chance and happenstance, your existence today is not an accident. God has something divine in mind for your life. Amen. It's important that you and I embrace the fact that our conception and birth was not a mistake or an accident on anybody's part. Amen. Again, you're here by divine design. You and I are not flukes of nature. Mom and dad may have not planned us in the sense of planned parenting as they so call it today, but I assure you, we were in God's plan. From the very foundation of the world. Well, how can God know all of that, you might be wondering. Oh, because He knows the beginning from the end. And all of the in-between, He has all in perspective. He knew where you would be this very day, on the 12th day of November of the year 2006. He knew this day was coming. He had all these plans for this day. Today is not an accident. You're alive in here today. It's not by accident or happenstance you, that you are here. I assure you, we were in God's plan, and we are still in God's plan. Your conception and birth did not surprise God in the least. In fact, He was looking forward to it, looking forward to it with great expectation. I'm going to tell you that again, because sometimes in the course of life and in the process of life and our encounter in the things of life, we get beat up pretty bad at times, and we often, at times we don't feel that way, but I'm telling you, God was looking forward to the day of your birth with great expectation. Long before you were conceived by your parents, you were conceived in the mind of God. Oh, that, that is so awesome. That is, that is absolutely perplexing to my mind at times to know that before I was ever conceived, I was, I was conceived in the mind of God. He's the one that thought of you and I first. Amen? Your birth, your life is not fate, nor is it chance, nor is it luck, nor did you arrive here on earth through the birth process out of coincidence. I know sometimes we have trouble wrapping our mind around that. But if we believe God is God and He who, He is who He is and says He is, then we must come to the realization at some point, everything in the human race is by divine design. You are alive at this moment in time because God wanted to create you. In fact, in Psalms 138 and verse 8, the word of the Lord says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. You see, I, I want you to just grasp this for a moment. To illustrate my point, we understand that, uh, you know, 
God designed and prescribed every detail of who we are. You may not have had a great appreciation for that this morning when you were getting ready to come to church and you looked in the mirror, but the reality of it is, He designed us and we are what we are. I would, I personally would like to be a few inches taller. I wouldn't have to fight the battle of the bald so hard if I was. Because I'd look a little better carrying the weight that I carry. Amen. But I am what I am, and I am what He has designed. Amen? You see, God deliberately chose our race. He's chosen our color. He's chosen our hair. He's chosen every feature about who we are. That's a good thing. We ought to celebrate that and rejoice in the fact that God is so particular about what we are in His divine design that He created us and formed us who we are and what we are. I don't think he had in his mind that I would be quite as overweight as I am, but... God has a sense of humor. Look around. He has a wonderful sense of humor. None of us look exactly alike. Some of us are a little taller than others, some are shorter than others. And on the height thing, my wife just got left out. <laughs> but, we, but we're all by divine design. How boring and how, oh, how utterly, uh, you know, exhausting life would be if we were all just alike. My grandfather and his family... I'll tell you a little bit about my heritage, where I'm from. Well, I, I am, I'm born an American citizen, but my grandfather and his family migrated here from France when he was just about four or five years old. And uh, here I am, generations later, pastoring here in this lovely church, long way from where my origin began, but all by God's divine design. Now, there's a lot of events that transpired between the centuries and generations ago when my grandfather and his father and mother made that journey from France to the United States to become citizens and take up their residence here. There's a lot of things that transpired. But it was all by God's divine design. Things like that don't happen just by chance. Amen? You see... God has custom made you who you are just the way that He wanted you. Now, I know that somebody's probably saying underneath their breath, well, that's not right. All of our physical attributes are a result of genetics. Well, you know, I'll agree to that in principle. But I would simply point out to you and simply ask you, who do you think designed those genetics? You see, God has also determined the natural talents that you and I would possess as well as the uniqueness of our personality. Amen. Again, I direct your attention to Psalms 139. He said, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet formed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when, when as yet there was none of them. 
I was planned and fashioned before I was ever conceived. God had this divine design in mind. When Brother David stands up here on Sunday, in a Sunday morning Sunday school class and he talks about the things that God has for you to do, it's because it's been brought, it's been by divine design that God has said and called you and chosen you for this moment and for this time. You see, it's important to understand that God planned where you would be born, where you would live, and where you'd fulfill your purpose. There ought to be a little bit of relief there realizing that some of that, you know, some of the things that's happened has been taken out of your hands. Amen. He determined our race and our nationality, whatever it may be. It's not happenstance nor accident. God left no detail in our life to chance. Amen. He has planned all your life for his purpose. In fact, in Acts chapter 17 and verse 26, the apostle The word of the Lord speaks to us in this regard. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. Amen. Now, I really hope that you wrap your mind around this concept that nothing in our lives is arbitrary. It's all for a purpose. The good times, the bad times, the difficult times, the the surprising times, they all have a purpose. Amen. Amen. Perhaps as amazing as it may seem, God God decided how we would be born. Regardless of the circumstances of your birth or who your parents are, God had a plan in creating you and I. Amen. It doesn't matter whether your parents were good, whether they were bad, whether they were indifferent. It really, it's really irrelevant. Because God knew that those two individuals possessed exactly the right genetic makeup to create the custom you that He had in mind. They had just the right DNA that God was looking for to create the divine design you. Amen. You're here by divine design. Perhaps it could be said, at least from God's perspective, while there are illegitimate parents, there are really no illegitimate children. Again, from God's perspective. I'm not talking about from society's perspective and not from human perspective. I'm talking about from God's perspective. While there are illegitimate parents, there really are no illegitimate children. You see, I believe it is safe to say that many children are unplanned by their parents, but they are not unplanned by Almighty God. You were not unplanned by Almighty God. He had a plan for you before you were ever conceived in your mother's womb. He had a design in mind. He had a plan set forth. Amen. Now consider this for a moment. Brother Dave mentioned some of this a little bit earlier. Moses and Pharaoh were two totally different people with two totally different purposes. Pharaoh was not this mean guy that just happened to fly out of somewhere and 
and decide he'd be mean to God's people. Pharaoh was born and chosen for a specific purpose. Just as Moses was. You see, to illustrate my point, in Exodus chapter 9 and verse 16 and 17, it says this regarding Pharaoh. This is what Moses was supposed to tell Pharaoh when he looked at him face to face, when he went to, to, to uh, uh, bring forth the plague of hail. He said, you tell Pharaoh, but indeed for this purpose, I have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all of the earth. So Moses goes and he reveals to the Pharaoh what God's plan had been from his, from before his conception. Amen. I, I realize from human perspective, we have trouble embracing and wrapping our minds around the reality that God's purpose for our lives has taken into account human error. Oh, I, I, I see, I gotta stop there. Some of y'all didn't grasp that. We have trouble wrapping our minds around the reality and the truth that God's purpose for our lives has taken into account human error. Being we don't always do and go where God tells us to go. He has factored all of that into the equation. And even times when we slip up and we sin and we don't do things, He's even factored that into the equation. The equation of your life, that is. Amen? Come on, I know some of y'all having trouble getting a hold of that. but Before you were ever born, He knew the rebellious moment you were had. Before you were ever born, He knew the good moments you would have and you'd say, Yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm your... He knew all of that stuff. Because He's God. Amen? Now, He even factored in the times you would sin and be disobedient and not do what... Hello? I hope I'm not the only one that fits in that category... That on occasion, I just didn't do exactly what I was supposed to do. That's sin, according to this book. Whew. Oh, you had me wherever, sir, for a minute. You see, now, please don't, don't misunderstand me. I, I don't say this in an attempt to justify human error and sin. I'm not saying human error and sin is okay simply because God already factored that in. I'm merely pointing out that God has already figured these things into the equation of our lives. Nothing your life, nothing in your life has come as a surprise to God. He already knew those times you're going to stand up and just die. I mean, stand up straight. You can't tell him, no, I ain't going. I don't care what that preacher says. I'm, I, Brother David, he can harp on that subject. We need to get involved all he wants to. Bless God, I'm just not going to do it. He's factored all that in. He'll let you roam around out in the wilderness in the desert for a while and until you finally get tired of slavery like Brother David was talking about this morning and you're going to cry out, Oh God! Whew. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Nothing in your life comes as a surprise to God. Amen. He knew exactly everyone's going to be here this morning. He knew years ago, centuries ago, on November the 12th of 2006, 
who would be sitting in the pews at High Point Church. Now I say, wait a minute, preacher. That's really pushing the envelope. I'm telling you, that's my God. That's how big and how phenomenal and how awesome our God is. We kind of limit Him. We get Him in a box in our own little world and we've got box all, we got Him all put in here and wrapped up nice and neat and part of our life that we want Him involved in. I'm telling you, He's bigger than you can ever imagine. Amen? To illustrate my point, I'm getting way off here. To illustrate my point, I'd like to take a few minutes and consider a, a brief synopsis of, of Moses' lifeline and, 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 and you, you remember a lot of this that Brother Davis talked about this morning. You see, God knew long before Moses' conception that he would be hid in the bulrushes along the river and found by Pharaoh's daughter. Oh, yeah. God knew all of that the day he stepped out on the clouds and he just said, Let there be light. He knew all about Moses already. So, y'all don't believe that? <laughs> Whew. You see, God, God knew and factored in that Moses would be taken care of and trained by his own biological mother in the house of Pharaoh's daughter. He had that all worked out for Moses was ever even thought about from a human perspective. He had that all dialed into his plan. Amen? Everybody still okay? All right. God knew and factored in the incident where Moses killed the Egyptian. That didn't surprise God if Moses hauled off and just nailed that Egyptian and killed him dead on a crick rock. That's Hoosier talk there, by the way. That's not French. <laughs> My wife taught me that her Hoosier background... God bless God. He knew all of that. He knew about the Egyptian. God knew and factored in the 40 years that Moses would hide in the backside of the desert in Midian. He had factored all of that into the equation of Moses' life, getting Moses to where he needed to be at the exact time, at the exact space. God said, all right, now it's time to go get Israel. Amen? Amen? Get this now, God knew and factored in the day that Moses would stand and argue with him over his ability to go before Pharaoh and lead Egypt out of bondage. God didn't go, oh no, now what am I going to do? Moses done throw a fit on me. Now what? He knew it all. God knew Moses would use the argument that he was not an eloquent and fluent speaker and would be unable to approach the Pharaoh. So God had already factored this in and provided his brother Aaron, who would be the spokesperson for Moses. By divine design. Amen? None of these elements in Moses' life caught God by surprise. He already knew all of that stuff was going to transpire way back at the beginning of time. So it's no surprise to God that some folks around the church have been arguing with him for a long, long time. I thought somebody would shout them. God. It's no surprise to him when we open our mouth and insert foot once in a while. 
In fact, he has factored all of these things into the equation of what we call our lives. Amen. I'm often asked the question, well, this God you know and this God you serve and live for, he knows that we're going to sin and he's, he knows that we're going to fail and make mistakes and, you know, we're going to be rebellious. What? And he includes them in the equation of our lives. Why, why doesn't he just make us do different? I mean, he's God. If he could, if he could tell the sun to rise and the moon to rise and the sun to set and the moon to set, and I mean, surely to goodness he could tell us, "You better straighten your act up, boy, or I'm gonna." If God would do so, it would make us nothing more than puppets on a string. God made us and designed us to make choices, both good and bad. Now the responsibility comes to us. <laughs> he, he has designed us to make choices. You see, it's important to embrace the fact that God does nothing accidentally and He never, listen to me now, say this with me, He never makes mistakes you are not a mistake. You are not an accident. He does not make mistakes. You are, as the psalmist said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Now, please understand, I realize there is a fine line where we need to be careful not cross it. We think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. I understand that that line is there. But the reality of it is, we are what God has designed us to be. Whatever gifts and talents and things that you possess is because He designed them in your life. Amen. Praise God. It's important to embrace the fact that God does nothing accidentally and He never makes mistakes. God never uses plan B because plan A failed and didn't work. That's for football teams. That's for baseball teams. That's for something else. But God does not work in that perimeter. It's always plan A from the word go. Because He's God. He knows the beginning from the end. You see... God has purposed a reason, has a purpose and a reason for everything that He creates. All of the vegetation and all the animal kingdom was in His plan and created by God. And all human beings are designed with the purpose in mind. He has a purpose for you and I. Please know this, that God's motive and desire for creating you and I was and is His love. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, the Apostle Paul penned these words to the church at Ephesus. He said, just as he chose us in him before the foundation. Listen to that. That will just make you want to get up and do a lap or two. He chose you before the foundation of the world. Before there were kings and monarchs and nations and kingdoms, he chose you and I. Amen. He chose you and I, says, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. I believe that this passage illustrates that God was thinking of us even before He made the world. In fact, I'll go so far as to tell you that this is why He created the earth. He did so for us. I, I, 
Oh, God help me. God designed the universe and all that is therein just so we could live in it. You see, we are the focus of His love and the most valuable of all of His creation. Amen? James 1 and 18 says this, In the exercise of His will, He brought forth he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we might be, as it were, the first fruits among His creatures. This illustrates just how much God loves and values His human creation. God does not do things haphazardly. In fact, He planned all things with great precision. The more physicists and biologists and other scientists learn about the universe the better we understand how it is uniquely designed and suited for our existence. Custom made, if you will, to the exact specifications that makes human life possible. There's no other place like the earth. Hallelujah. Because God, our Creator, designed it for us. For us to live out and fulfill our purposes within His realm in this earth that He created for us. Amen? Dr. Michael Denton, a senior research fellow in human molecular genetics at the University of Ontago in New Zealand, has concluded that all the evidence available in the biological sciences supports the core proposition that the cosmos is a specially designed whole with life and mankind as its fundamental goal and purpose. A whole in which all facets of reality have their meaning and explanation in this central fact. It has all been created for us. Hallelujah. Would you believe that the Bible says something similar to that that was penned some thousands of years prior to this finding by this, this professor Michael Denton? In fact, in Isaiah 45 and 18, here's what the Word of the Lord says. If you don't want to believe Michael Denton, you can go to the bank with this. For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, oh, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be, what? Inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. I'm glad Dr. Denton finally got on the same page with his Creator. Hallelujah. Perhaps the question looms in your mind, why did God do all of this? Why? Why? Why did God go to such lengths to create a universe just for us? Simply because God is God and God is love. Now, I realize that from a human perspective, this kind of love is really hard for us to fathom. Because a lot of times our love is based on conditionary things. 
We love our children a little more if they do everything just right. Come on now, be honest. I realize we love them regardless of what they do, but the intensity and level and measure of our love sometimes is increased when they do just exactly. You can love that individual you work next to Monday through Friday as long as everything's going just hunky-dory. Well, anyway, I'm not going to go there. Uh, it's hard for us to find it, but I can assure you this kind of love is fundamentally reliable. You see, you and I were created as a special object of God's kindness and love. God made us so He could love us. And my friends, this is a truth that you can build your life on. The Bible very profoundly tells us that God is love. It does not say God has love. Oh, say, preacher, wait a minute, you're making a play on words. No, no, listen to me. It says God is love. It doesn't say He has love. I have a glass of water in my hand, but I'm not a glass of water. And say God has love and he's just got to hold it in his arms. It says God is love. Amen. You see, love is the very essence of God's character. I said love is the very essence of God's character. There is perfect love in his fellowship. Now please understand, God did not create us because He was lonely. He created us in order to express His love. And God says it this way, as it is so profoundly stated in Isaiah 46, verses 3 and 4. And I read from the New American Standard Version of the Bible. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel. You who have been born by me from birth huh, and have been carried from the womb even to your old age, I shall be the same and even to your graying years I shall bear you. I have done it and I shall carry you, I shall bear you and I shall deliver you. Now I could preach for several days, right? I'll move on. Now, if there was no God, we would just be accidents, the result of astronomical random chance in the universe. You could stop reading the Bible. You could stop building your life on the things of God because life would have no purpose or meaning or significance whatsoever. There would be no right, no wrong, and no hope beyond our brief years on this earth. And if you have noticed in recent years, this is the trend that society as a whole is trying to take, where they get away from the absolutes and there's no right and wrongs anymore. And when they do not acknowledge God as their creator and the, the eternal existent one, then they move away from that and then they start losing a grip on reality. But there is a God, and his name is Jesus Christ who has made us for a reason. 
He has designed our lives to have profound meaning. Hallelujah. Would you stand? You see, we can discover that purpose and meaning only when we make God the reference point of our lives. He must become the centerpiece of everything that we are. You are here by God's divine design. It's not been an accident that has brought you to this point and this time in your life. Those of you sitting here under the sound of my voice and those who may be listening on tape or by CD or over the internet, you are not hearing these words today by some fluke of nature or by happenstance, but by divine design, God has created you and designed you to be who you are. His purpose for your life has already been determined. His desire and will for you has already been determined. You see, we can discover that purpose and meaning only when we make God the reference point of our lives. And we say, God, you are God. And at the center of everything that I am, I am placing you. Because it's around you that everything else exists. In fact, the paraphrased version of Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 says, The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what He does for us. So if you're here this morning, or you are listening to this by some means of media, you are by divine design. Surrender all to Jesus Christ and His purpose and His glory and life will begin to make sense. The awesomeness in knowing that God designed us and knew us and formulated us before the foundation of the world is nothing short of breathtaking. And when you make Him the center and focus of who you are and what you are, you'll be able to answer the question, what on earth am I here for? You are here for a divine purpose. If you're here and you have not yet surrendered your life totally and completely to Jesus Christ, through obedience to His Word, I challenge you today to make Him the Lord of your life. To find that purpose and that meaning and that excitement and that thrill in living that knowing you are what He has designed you to be. You are here on earth for a specific purpose. God has a design in mind for you. If you're here and you've let your relationship with Him get a little rocky and indifferent and complacent, 
I challenge you today to refresh and renew your love relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've not repented, turned your life around, I invite you to do so. you've not become a part of the body of Christ through baptism in the precious name of Jesus I invite you to do so and his Holy Spirit is available for everyone who asks of it and desires it so this morning as we sing this altar is open we will pray with you we'll worship with you for a little while I will worship with you all day if you want to stay here that long. Hallelujah. You're here by divine design. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. I'm going to ask Sister Rhonda to begin singing. Precious Savior, I thank you for your holy anointing that permeates this place. I thank you for your word. I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice who has heard this word today. I pray that it would just permeate the very corners of their thoughts and their mind. Pray that your word would be etched in the memory banks of their mind. That we'll see transformation take place through the power and majesty of your word. It is in Jesus' name I ask it right now. In Jesus' name. My soul knows very well Forgiveness hope I know is mine And that my soul knows very well When my Tents fall. I'll say, think about it, hallelujah. By the power of your hand and in your heart of hearts, I'll dwell, and then my soul knows. Hallelujah. I'll stand by the power of your hand and in your heart of hearts. I'll dwell that my soul.
that my soul knows very well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a refreshing 